Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Kisisa. Parshas Kisisa, which according to the Chinuch, contains nine mitzvot, five positive and four restrictions, is one of those most challenging parshios in the Torah, whereby we encounter annually the sin of the golden calf that the Jewish people commit 40 days after the revelation at Sinai. And the question comes up each and every year, how could they do it? Not an easy answer, but I'd like to suggest one this morning. Now, interestingly, the Torah has the term Zechira to remember six times in conjunction with six different mitzvot events, including to remember Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, to remember the revelation at Sinai, to remember Amalek's attack on B'nai Yisrael, and the fourth of these remembrances is found in Devarim, chapter 9, Pasuk 7, Zachor al Tishkach. Remember, don't forget, Esasher Hiktsafta, Esashem Alokecha Bamidbar, how you angered Hashem in the desert. And the rabbis tell us that this refers to the sin of the idolatry, the sin of the Ma'asah Egel, and the question is how? How could B'nai Yisrael do this? And after all, we find the prohibition of idolatry dispersed throughout the Torah, including in the Ten Commandments. What is this verse reminding us? How is it that we, quote, angered Hashem? final two, by the way, are to remember Miriam and to remember the Shabbos. So I'd like to focus on two words which I think will be a significant clue as to what might be the terrible aspect of this Chet Egel. Moshe comes down from the mountain. He had spent 40 days on the mountain with Hashem learning the oral law. And he comes down, sees the Jewish people dancing around the golden calf. The priceless Luchos tablets are in his hands. Moshe breaks the tablets, be it that he deems the people unworthy for them, be it to lessen the nature of their sin by as if tearing up the marriage contract between Hashem and the Jewish people, Moshe breaks the Luchos. And we're taught in chapter 32, verse 30, Vahimi on the next day, Moshe el 
Moshe says to the people, Atim chatosim chato'o gidolo. You have committed a grievous, a terrible sin. The interesting point I'd like you to focus on is that the word chait, sin, most often is used in the masculine form. Here, the Torah uses chato'o gidola, really, two extra letters, making it in the feminine form, the hey at the end. And the question is, why the usage of the feminine chato'o gidola, a great sin, and not chait gadol? And I'd like to demonstrate that the usage of the feminine oftentimes teaches the nature of the sin. As for example, we find at the end of Parsha Shoftim, where the Torah speaks about the laws of Eglo Arufa, very quickly, if we find a dead body in Eretz Yisrael, then we don't know who the murderer was, so the Torah prescribes a very exact procedure and at the end of this procedure the elders of that city which is closest to the corpse that was found the elders recite Yodeinu lo shofchu esadam hazeh our hands did not spill this blood and the rabbis ask Rashi brings it <clears throat> could anybody have thought that the elders of the city they were responsible for the murder, but the answer is, in the feminine, we did not neglect to, to accompany the murderer, the, the one who was found murdered, to accompany him outside the city. We did not neglect to give him food and provisions that he would not be open to pray by bandits, etc. The idea is that shofchu, which is we did not spill, should be spelled shin fe chav vav. Instead, the Torah spells it shin fe chav hey. Again, in the feminine form, teaching that it's the passive. So we were not passive in regard to this murder. We did what we were supposed to do. When the Torah teaches at the end of Parshas, Bo, that you are to put tefillin on your arm, the Torah says, Yodcha is spelt Yud, Dalid, Final, Chaf, with three letters. Here it is spelt in the last verse in Parsha's bow, four letters, Yudalit Chaf Hey, once again with that feminine Hey at the end, teaching us two words, Yad Keha, that Philin is to be placed on the weaker hand. Ah, oh, again, the inactive, the theme regarding the feminine and hey at the end is clearly 
saying that it's not in our situation when Moshe says, Atem chatosem you have done a grievous sin. It's not a sin of action as to what you have done. It's rather a sin of passivity, a sin of inaction that you committed. Because after all, how many men are there that left Egypt? Torah teaches us in Parshas Bo, approximately 600,000 men. How many participate in the sin of the golden calf? In chapter 32, verse 29, the Torah tells us about 3,000 men. 3,000 out of 600,000 is one half of 1%. So really, we can say, Moshe is saying, whoa, whoa, at first glance, Hashem, why are you so upset? Why are you saying that they're always going to be when the Jewish people unfortunately have to be punished? There's always going to be a little bit of punishment from the golden calf. Come on, why look at the cup being so few who have done this? Look at the great majority. Look at the 597,000 that did not worship the golden calf. And the answer is, explains the Zohar in Chelek Bey's chapter 191b. The Zohar says two words, Shalomichu. The sin of the people was not that they participated, only a very small minority did, but they did not stop, they did not protest, they did not fulfill that which the Torah says in Parshas Kedoshim in chapter 19 in verse 18 where the Torah says no, it's 17 where the Torah says you shall rebuke your fellow who unfortunately is doing something wrong and if not, the Torah continues you should not bear a sin. If you do not stop him, if you do not protest, then part of the sin that they are committing is on your account. And therefore, I'd like to explain the following. At the very beginning of the parsha, we know that the Jewish people are asked to donate a half a shekel. The half a shekel was used to purchase communal sacrifices, and then the Torah repeats the expression, to atone for your souls. And most of the commentaries say, what is the atonement that the Torah is asking for? What did you do wrong? And the answer is, it refers to the sin of the Chaita Egel, the sin of the golden calf. So, wait a minute. The sin of the golden calf, we just saw a moment ago that the great majority did not 
participate in the actual sense of dancing, of attributing any divinity to it. So why is it that they have to bring an atonement for their soul? And the answer is, as this Zohar says, Shalom Michu, they did not protest. And because they are, did not protest, they participated, you can say, in half the sin. Therefore, they have to bring a half a shekel. This is the strong language of the Zohar, and this is teaching us a very powerful lesson. I believe that this has to speak to all of us who, thank God, are committed Torah-observant Jews. While we are so proud of our growing Jewish observant communities with all the amenities of what a Jewish community needs outside of these bastions of strong Jewish commitment, we find communities where the rate of assimilation and intermarriage is nothing less than horrific. And we have to take the initiative to reach out and to try to literally save so many brothers and sisters that unfortunately are going and leaving the Jewish fold. What can we do? So there are certain things already in place that do have positive results. First of all, David HaMelech says in Tilim 34, Tamu Uru Kitov Hashem, literally contemplate and see that God is good. But the, rabbi, the literal meaning of the word Ta'amu is taste. Give them a taste of Judaism. Give them a taste of Shabbos. Invite them to your Shabbos table. And by giving them a taste of Shabbos, they see literally what they can enjoy. They see what they are missing. And very often, positive relationships develop. Moreover, urge your synagogue to have Shabbos across your town. Open the synagogue and let there be Friday night meals between the members of the observant members and the not yet observant members of the community. Join programs such as the idea of learning with families who are not yet knowledgeable. Amazing when you have these Havrusos, when you have these connections between those who know and those who don't know yet, the results are oftentimes very significant, not only in terms of the knowledge, but in terms of the Jewish practice that comes out therefrom. Let it not be said of our generation, as 
Moshe did say to the partis- to the rest of Kla Yisrael, Atem Chatosem you sinned a grievous sin, but you're not protesting. We have to do everything we can to make sure that Am Yisrael, Kla Yisrael, Torah Yisrael stays strong. Silence might be golden, but unfortunately, not to bring about a golden calf. Shabbat Shalom to all.